Hi there, and thanks for joining us. We have relocated to the Metropole Hotel in Cork City Centre, the traditional home of the Guinness Jazz Festival, because we are gearing up for the 41st festival, which begins in October. Whether you're a jazz fan or not, there's a lot to look forward to. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. Business Podcast with CompuBee. Building your business with premium Apple solutions. CompuBee.com And to preview the 41st Guinness Cork Jazz Festival, we have got Sinead Dumphy, who is the new festival director for this year, and Paul Dunlee, who is one of Ireland's biggest jazz exports. No pressure at all there, Paul, at all. Can you live up to that particular standard? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I like to hear. Uh, Sinead, to begin with you, first of all, this is your first year doing it. It is. So I'm the newbie to the block. So and Slightly terrified, I presume? Ah, no, not really. Festival is just a festival. And with this one, uh, I actually love jazz music, so all the better. So uh, it, it's one of those things that when you bring it all together on paper, it's not real until you're actually in the middle of it. But when you see contracts coming back and they're being signed, that's when it gets really exciting because you realise it's it's happening. You are somebody, presumably, who has gone to the jazz over the years. I have. Uh, I'm in Cork 18 years. I'm actually a Dacia woman from Waterford. We not all have our sins. Not known for its jazz. No, not really. We're, we're known for the street theatre and such. So, uh, But I was involved in that too. So, uh, Hence, there's a little bit of street theatre to be seen in the jazz festival this year with the Dia de los Muertes parade on Thursday. Day the 25th and I suppose we're looking at I suppose reinvigorating something that is somewhat of a I mean it's a colossal beast in the Cork uh, calendar and the Irish calendar and what we look at after 40 years I suppose it's about you know bringing it back to I suppose what it should be and where it could be and making it bigger and better than ever. You, you mentioned something that I'm really looking forward to which is the Dia de las Muertes uh, festival now to the uninitiated what is that? Um, well, I suppose it starts with the idea of the celebration of the dead, but what we're actually looking at is actually the celebration of life through death. Um, so it's about taking different heroes of the jazz world and celebrating them with a massive parade weaving through the streets of Cork City. And we have Community Art Link on board uh, taking the commission for that. And it's really amazing to bring in local artists who are creating such really vivid works. And of course, what ends up happening always around the jazz festival you also have the Dragon of Shandon Parade so the actual festival is going to be bookended by the Dia de los Muertes Parade and the Dragon of Shandon So the Dia de los Muertes Parade people will know that from the movies primarily because that's what happens in New Orleans so are we going to see the ghost of Satchmo wandering through Cork? You, you'll have to wait and see until the night and I expect you and the family to be out cheering it on and being maybe part of it. We can always put a little bit of face paint on you, Jonathan. I, I'm going to say that's a yes on Satchmo <laughs> and uh, we'll hold off on the face paint until we see how we get on. Uh, in terms of artists coming this year, you've had a considerable success in getting people to come. It's, it, it's almost an easy ask to get them to come to Cork, isn't it? Absolutely. I think the prestige that the Cork Festival has is world-renowned and I suppose what we're trying to do is even expand that 
that even more. Um, when you look at the likes of Billy Cobham, Fred Hirsch, Donnie McCaslin uh, coming in and with, with gusto as well. And on top of that, then you have Maria Schneider Orchestra, who've never, who they've never actually been to Ireland. And what's really wonderful is we have the full orchestra coming, no deputies at all within the orchestra. And they're just all so excited to be playing at this festival. So we're, it's really... I suppose, if, making sure that we're aware that, you know, we're a real destination here with what we have with the Jazz Festival and as a city. Paul Dunley, how did you get involved in jazz at all? Um, I started playing for morning a local brass band uh, in Barrack Street. Uh, two uncles, uh, my mother's, bro- both brothers were uh, involved. And I used to just go as a six and seven year old, sitting between the two of them, they were both tuba players. And they told me every time they pressed the valve that they'd moved on to the next black dot on the page. And fast forward 30 years later, here I am really still. So still they, you were between two tuba players, but you pricked up what? The trombone? Trombone, yeah. Basically what happened was um, the the, trom- the, the barrister band at the time only had one elderly trombonist. And uh, then it, we needed to reinvigorate the band with some youth. So I was one of three that started in a trombone class when I was 11. Now, the trombone, it wouldn't be the instrument that most young fellas would be drawn to. Uh, so how, how did you end up with that one? Well, as I said... You were, kind of, yeah. Are you saying you were forced into well, it? Well, I think I, I had always kind of eyed up the trumpet. And I started in the percussion section, so I was taught progressing onto the drum kit was the dream, you know. But um, the, the necessity was for the band to have trombonists. So, yeah, I never looked back. What's your earliest memory of the jazz festival? Um, going to a Sunday afternoon session with my grandfather, probably around about 86, 87 or so. Was that here in the Metropole? It was here in the Metropole, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think we probably visited another one or two watering holes along the way. Or I, was, I was drinking Tanora or something. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it's, been a, it's been a massive part of uh, my upbringing as a musician. Uh, I think once I started gigging professionally, I was on the trail. You know, the, the trail that that's surrounds the main festival and pubs and stuff. I'd be doing up to 12 or 13 gigs a weekend or something. I was making more money that weekend than I would have for the three months leading up to it. I was a 14 or 15 or something. Probably and wasn't and even supposed to be in most of the pubs I was playing. See, and, and again, you know, you, you think you, when you're in the band, it, you draw the women. But did you draw the women with the trombone? No. 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 <laughs> Absolutely not. Still a tone of regret in your voice there. Just no, I'm fine. I'm happy about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the festival itself, what does it mean to you now to be so involved in it? Um, well, it's massive. Um, as I said, like starting off coming here with my grandfather and then doing gigs on the trail. And um, I think the highlight of my career so far is a headline the festival with my own band in 2015, Headline the Everyman. And it was massive. Um, it was, and it was brilliant as well to share the stage. Uh, in my band at the moment... Um, just the New Irish Jazz Orchestra. Um, it's full of not only just the best big band specialists in the country and some from around Europe as well, but there's a lot of my friends from Cork in the band as well. So it was, it was really cool and special to share the stage with them. Um, and we've all pre- pretty much been on the same journey over the years in Cork. Um, and keeping jazz alive the other 51 weeks of the year as well when it's when everyone's gone home. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and that is the hard sell, isn't it? That... that Jazz is an all-round uh, art form, but we only embrace it in Cork for one yeah, weekend a year. It reminds me of that advertisement that used to be f- about people getting puppies for Christmas, you know. <laughs> puppies aren't just for Christmas, you've got to feed them all year round. And, uh, yeah, there's, um, there's a very vibrant scene. No, it, it, the, the basically, the, the festival is the core of the scene in, in Cork and in Ireland, of course, but 
Um, there is a very, very vibrant young jazz scene in Cork, and it's facilitated by uh, a whole host of vintners, and uh, one in particular um, who owns a couple of places in town has been very, very good to us. And um, yeah, it's it's. But as I said, the, the festival is the core of it all. Uh, Sinead, and you, you, we heard a little there about the other elements of it. While while this is the 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 main venue here in the metropole, there is a. A, an entire city that comes alive with live music. It might necessarily all be jazz, but there is always live music on Jazz Weekend. And, and it is a real economic fill-up. Absolutely. I mean, if you look uh, just at a glance, you're looking at over 80 venues across the city and some of the county as well that really embrace it. And I think the success of the festival, um, particularly because a, a lot of people have over the years thought that it was Dublin-owned, but actually it's so it's such a Cork-owned festival. And you see that at the weekend because you have vintners, whether or not they're officially on the trail, but they're getting behind it and they're creating a real destination piece with what's here in Cork. And that's where the vibrancy comes from. It's not from a festival name. It's not from an organisation. It's from the people in Cork on the ground making it happen. And the money that comes into the city, because the hotels will be hopping. It's not as if this is a new venture. People know this is coming. You've got people booking months and months in advance, sometimes a full year in advance, so that they're at the heart of things. There is a big tourist element to this at a time when we have more tourists in the country than ever before. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose if you look at the calendar year, I mean, obviously, summer, even in Ireland, is, um, you know, the the peak tourist time for everyone to go travelling. But, I mean, at the end of October, you know, you're about to kind of come into the, the shoulder season of Christmas and people are starting to gear up for that. So, Technically, it should be a quiet time of year, but because of the prestige of the festival, we're driving people in. And I mean, the the last quantifiable economic impact report landed about 25 million to the city alone over three days. I mean, we're looking at expanding that to four days this year because of the Dia de la Muertes parade, but also looking at 2019 being a longer stay as well, where we might even be going over two weekends. We, we know, Paul, that, that we've got Maria Schneider and her orchestra coming in, Blind Boys of Alabama, lots of other names people will recognise. Of all the artists you've seen here over the years, who's the one that stands out? Um, <coughs> just a hard question. Um, it wasn't always going to be an easy one, you know. know they're they're going to throw the odd difficult one. There's, been, there's been so many. Um, I really liked Robert Glasper when he played her, Joshua Redmond played her. Um, but I must admit, though, they, they'll... Coming from, I'm a big band fanatic, um, so I think the Maria Schneider Orchestra will cap it all, really, this year. And, and when people are warming up now, getting ready, how can they find uh, your band, the new Irish Jazz Orchestra? Where are they going to find them? Um, you can, um, I think, where um, Sinead has booked us in to play at next year's festival, uh, 2019. So that, that'll be one to look out for. Um, and just my website, I suppose, for upcoming dates is pauldenleemusic.com. Okay, very good. And Sinead, just to finish up with you, tickets are on sale. They've been on sale now for a couple yeah. of weeks. How are they going? Really good. It's really uplifting. Um, I suppose, you know, I, I used to manage the Choral Festival, which is quite a niche festival. Little different. Little different, little different. And I have to say, it's uh, mind-blowing to go in and check ticket sales. And they're actually selling. It's wonderful. <laughs> so I'm loving the jazz. <laughs> 
Well, it is running from the 25th to the 30th uh, of October, across the October bank holiday weekend, beginning with Dia de las Mortes, which is going to go where? Is it through the city centre? Through the city centre. Is it going to run the, run the gauntlet of the caravan? Uh, oh, it, it's going to help the caravan, I would imagine. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be lynched for that. But um, no, I think it's a really positive thing. And to see the city streets being used in that way and bring the city to life in a new, whole new way is brilliant. Well, it really looking forward to it. It's going to be a great event. Uh, Sinead Dunphy, festival director uh, for the Guinness Cork Jazz Festival, and Paul Dunley, uh, one of our biggest performers and from Cork. Thank you both very much for joining us. Thank you. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB Business, improving productivity with the latest Apple technology. CompuB.com. So, as I mentioned, we are here in the Metropole Hotel, which is the traditional home of the Guinness Cork Jazz Festival. And I've always wondered how that came about, how one hotel in Cork became the go-to place. Well, to explain all and to tell me a little bit about what's been going on here at the Metropole, I'm joined by the General Manager of the Grand Old Dame of McCartan Street, Roger Russell. Roger, how are you? Hey, Jonathan, how are you today? I'm very well. Uh, this hotel has such a history. It's, it's what, 120 years old? Yeah, this year we just turned 121. So last year there was big celebrations celebrating our 120th anniversary. And last year was also the 40th anniversary of the Jazz Festival. So this year will be, will be 41 now. So it was founded back here in 1978. And how it came about was, first day, there was a bridge tournament that had been organised for the weekend and that had cancelled at the last minute. So there was a big hole in the business on the books. So the sales team and the general manager, they all sat down and said, well, what are we going to do? And there was a big jazz scene in Cork at the time anyway. And some of the guys working in the hotel were involved and they put their heads together and they said, let's have a jazz festival. So it started here. And then it started to branch out slowly over onto McCurtain Street over the years and then out into the, the, the rest of the city. And I suppose it was really when, when Guinness and Diageo came on board that it, it really established itself as, um, as a super event to have in Cork City. The fact that it's here in the Metropole again this year, I mean, you've put a lot of work into this hotel in the last little while because, as I mentioned, it is an older building, needs a little bit of TLC. Tell us about the work you've been carrying out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as I said, it's 121 years old. Building like this needs a lot of maintenance, needs TLC. And our owners have been very good and they really understand the the potential and they love this building and all the character that has. So we've just finished refurbishing our bedrooms. So that's 108 bedrooms. we have probably the best beds in, in, in Ireland, I would say. They're really, really comfortable. What, what constitutes a good bed? How do, how do you make that audacious claim? <laughs> um, I, experience, customer feedback, they're just really, really good to sleep in. Um, I, won't, I won't go into the advertising as to which company manufactures them, but they're, take it from me, they're really good beds. Um, so, as I said, we finished our bedroom refurbishment program and we're moving on now to do a very exciting project in our Met Bar and Bistro. And we're going to do the lobby and the restaurant overlooking the River Lee, which is mostly used for breakfast. So we have fantastic bu- views over the river for, at breakfast time and then our leisure centre. So huge plans for the future. We're really excited. It really is a testament to the longevity of the Guinness Jazz Festival that it keeps growing from year to year. And, and this year, as we heard uh, earlier on from Sinead, the Dia de las Mortes parade is going to start it and then we're going to have the Guinness Jazz Trail right across the city. What is it about jazz that makes this successful? Because you won't hear a, almost a note of jazz in one, in one end of the year to the next otherwise. 
jazz is I suppose the thing about jazz is that there's so many different types and so many different styles and it, it you know it it appeals to a broad spectrum of people um, and the great thing about the festival is that there's uh, the people who are involved in it they they love jazz they love the festival and every year we look at it really hard and or, and decide you know how can we make it better what can we do so that's that's how it's striving forward that's why it's going from strength to strength you know every year and there's a lot of people have been involved in it over the years and everybody has contributed enormously to it so I think that's really important that everyone is be committed to it 100% to to make it a, a unique experience but not only for the locals but for tourists coming in from uh, coming in from from the UK from France from Germany from Holland you know where, where we have a, a big following so it's uh, it's it's really good one of the big things in terms of the tourist drive is, is having an experience and and that's what the pure cork brand is all about is that people don't just come because they want to go to cork as a city they come here to experience something the jazz festival really is is the leader in that and, and probably the the, the first time we put together something that might people might want to come for apart from maybe a pint of murphy's Cork is Cork is a fantastic place, uh, and I think it's it's probably been undersold over the years and uh, a little bit subservient to to Kerry, I suppose. And I think that's something that everybody is working on really hard in Cork. Um, there's so many fantastic things that are coming online, and everybody recognises the importance of the the visitor experience, be they locals or people coming in from abroad. And it's you know it's definitely something that we in the the Trigon Hotel Group are very very conscious of. Uh, so much so that we've you know we've started our own events, uh, things like our, our Cork Cheese Week and our Chocolate Festival, and the indeed the Oyster Festival, which started in in the Metropole Hotel uh, last year. So. Um, it, it's all about creating experiences to bring people back to Cork because Cork is a fantastic place and we want people to go away and tell everybody just how good Cork is. Tell us a little bit about your own journey in the hotel trade. Where, how did you start out? Did you start here? No, I didn't. I started in a hotel in Kerry when I was well, I was 15, uh, sorting bottles. Uh, it was a summer job and... Um, I, I, I suppose I got bitten by the bug and I, you know, I went back to school, finished my, my studies and when I came out then I, um, I got an opportunity to train in the Imperial Hotel on the South Mall and, and worked there for a few years before heading off to, to, to see the world and I worked in, in France for six years and I was in Holland for a year then as well. And I came back to the Metropole uh, as Deputy General Manager in 2003 and I was Deputy for five years and I've been GM uh, just 10 years now. So um, really excited. So w- when you went abroad, was it true? Did, I mean, do people in other hotels in other countries value the, the Irish training that you would have gotten here, the experience that you got? I mean, we always hear that, but did you see that in practice, that the Irish are held to a very high standard when they go abroad? Very much so. I mean, the the Cade Mille Falta is is something that's that's known throughout the world. Just how friendly Irish people are, and I think that's something that's very special and very unique. And we need to hold on to that. And I think that you know that sometimes that can be a, that can get a, a little bit lost. But you know, we we have to protect that. Do you ever get bored of walking through the door downstairs, the the big entrance on McCurtain Street, this lovely red facade of, of the Metropole Hotel? 
No, I, I work in a hotel. It's never boring. Every day is different. It's, that's why I love it. And last question, do you even like jazz? I do like jazz, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a trick question, you know. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. Roger Russell, General Manager of the Metropole Hotel in McCurtain Street, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Jonathan. My thanks to Roger and to Sinead and Paul. Neave Hennessy produced, as always. Don't forget, if you want to take part in the Red Business podcast, drop me an email, redbusiness at redfm.ie. We'll leave you with a little bit of jazz from Paul Dunley, and we'll catch you on the next one. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB. Apple technology and solutions for your business. CompuB.com. Compu-B.